The following is a Talking in Stations presentation of Pando's FC chat series. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, welcome to this probably shorter episode of uh, FC chat. Um, I think today's guests have all been, yes, have all been on here before. So I'm not going to give like super long introductions. But basically, we were supposed to have the former King of Losek on. But he's missing in actions uh, in action. That's high. Uh, but at least two out of the three you guests are here on time. And uh, so Shines is my good buddy in init, FCing mostly. I mean, you prefer the cap stuff. He's FCing subs too, obviously. So um, that's uh, Shines. And then Kenda, he's actually the FC and leader of probably the biggest growing or the fastest growing alliance um, outside any block right now. Would you say so? I think so, right? Yeah, I think we're just flavor of the month, though, to be fair. But yeah, I think <laughs> we, we definitely are rapidly growing. That's for sure. Oh, the kind of hum humbleness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you are not. I mean, you might be flavor of the month. You subscribed to that doesn't mean you're not flavor of the next That's month, too. So, so um, and guys, also, Cracker, thanks for a resub for three months. Zahnberg, five. Same for Via, five. Awesome, and thanks for the support, guys. And Poison Fury, I'm not sure if that was today, but thanks anyway. Um, so, we've been FCing together and like coding and all that shit for like, I don't even know how long, a couple of years now. And uh, yes, uh, actually, yesterday, last weekend, uh, we um, actually met up for the first time ever. I know I have not met any of you guys before. Uh, have any of you guys met up before? Like, did anyone here met high or so? Or you guys each other? That's so high. Uh, nope. No, this is the first time I've met anybody. So it was the first time for all of us? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And the disappointment was real, right? <laughs> 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 no, I think I think all of us had a, had a good time there, right? What happens in London stays in London. Yeah, I guess. Uh, kind of like social events it, it was just over far too fast i mean you spend years playing this game together then you finally get to meet each other and it's like one day and then it's yeah i should have actually checked the volume here i'm not sure i'll, I'll do that during and adjust it if needed i think you know when it comes to events like that some people do it for the for the trip you know going to whatever place it is be it iceland for example you know that's probably why they still get good numbers it's uh, you know, it's a good trip. Iceland is a is a unique destination. Some people uh, might do it like for the event of like CCP doing stuff and announcing shit. And then I think most people, though, I I know that's sure for uh, for me, uh, they do it for the meetup, meeting like the other guys and stuff like this. And I know some people were actually disappointed by London. But, uh, you know, even, even though they never announced this to be, like, the biggest thing. I mean, it was kind of, well, they said it's the finale, but I kind of knew, like, we, we all knew there's not going to be, like, comparable to EVE Vegas, which is a multi-day kind of thing and, like, an old fan fest or whatever, right? So I didn't expect them to, like, break big news or stuff like this. And uh, I'm not sure why people uh, had so big expectations there. But, yeah, uh, you guys... Probably also just, you know, um, mostly showed up for the meetup, correct? 
Yeah, I was kind of yeah. looking forward to the Eve. I was kind of looking forward to the Eve stuff as well, though, because uh, it was the last in the tour, so I was expecting kind of a lot of hype around it. You know, go out with the big bang. Yeah, that's true. Yo, and there he is, the former king of Losek. Boom, you get renamed. Your name is way too long. Otherwise. Um, hi, we just said, like, we have never met any of us, but it was the first time. And then most people probably did it for the meetup. So none of us went in with, like, massive expectations to CCP. We said maybe because it was the finale, like Shines just said. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or did you, were you, like, super disappointed by CCP or something? Nah, like, I didn't listen to anything they said. I was just, like, even I didn't even talk with Ken down. Like, we, like, tuned in to, like, hear what people were asking CCP. And it was about, like, level four missions and, like, rock mining. And like... <laughs> I, f I thought at least two of the questions were important, though. I forgot what it was. But two of them, like, I liked the questions. You're Often. right. There was Conflict. one. Um, there was one that was really good. And it came from the Snuffbox Discord, actually, and it was, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, Phantomite. It was Phantomite, and he was asking cap questions that somebody had typed up in the, in the Snuff Discord. So. You know, he, and then, like, CCP Homer basically just replied, ah, oh, we'll see. Yeah, that's on our chance, his generic reply. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They start a Q&A. That's maybe in the category of disappointment. They start a Q&A, but I've never seen them actually answer any of the questions. Right? But did you see how on that one question about conflict drivers, the guy pushes Hilmar. <laughs> Hilmar turns around and says, you know what, fuck it, before Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was and actually good. the devs just look at him like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there will be something, I bet, but it'll be something really small, like really a really small change, like all the changes they're making at the minute. It'll be really small and like, but it'll help towards conflict. Hopefully. I mean... Yeah, so we could just jump right in and talk about the changes they announced. I thought maybe uh, talk about the uh, like the meeting people kind of things first, but yeah, we can. I mean, it was great to meet you guys. I don't know if you enjoyed meeting me. I was pretty drunk. I hated it, but right, I got through it. You just kept telling me to stop blobbing you. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, no, I think everyone had a good time, right? It was yeah, good. It was. Yeah, it's it nice to meet everyone as well. Panda. Exactly, and it's that's, that's what it's so about. That's what Eve meets are about, right? It's not about what CCP were putting on. The reason we play this game is because it's got the best community, like uh, of any MMO that I've ever played. It is the community is hands down like better than anything else, and that's that's what you go for. You go to like finally meet the people that you've spent years playing. Yeah, that's exactly what I meant earlier, right? There's a difference between like the trip the event and the meetup, you know, I think for me it's like 90% the meetup, maybe 1% the trip. I mean, especially in this case, I, I could tell you guys about my fucking trip back. I'm gonna <laughs> spare you though. Have you, so have you guys been to a Eve meet before? No, I went to, sorry, go ahead. No, no, here you go. No, no. Host you in Milan, actually. Shines in Milan, it's uh, Shines girlfriend. You actually met the first time at, uh, yeah, at FanFest. Yeah, 2014 FanFest, so, nice. So I think you that that's probably why you have now an easier time to convince her to go to an EVE meet, right? There's a little bit yeah. of a, a, you know, connection right there. Sorry. Yeah. I should no, try I've that on my wife, then. I'll bring her to the next one and introduce you guys and see if she wants to come again. Well, I think you have actually missed the moment, right? So you already know her, you're already married. 
There's probably kids on the way, are there? Wait. Not yet, huh? This is very What? Straight in there with the personal questions, Panda. Ah, come on. What I was saying to uh, what I was saying to High actually about um, I think it was High. There was alcohol involved. If I got that wrong, apologies. But uh, I didn't realize how long we've actually been working together on and off discords. Like when you when you actually sit down and think about it, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. But it's been a good few years. I went a lot quicker than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. What was the first time? Like I remember. I think the that we had one good bonding experience. F seven C was probably the first. Exactly. I felt like that kind of that fight kind of made it. So we were like a solid team from then on. Before that, that was, it was like some some people playing together, working together. What was F7C again? Just remind everyone, because I'm not oh, sure. So it was about a an R64 in Cloud Ring, and at the time, NC was staged. I think tribute. tribute. Yeah, I think tribute. And like everyone was forming super big and we were just trying to, you know, take the fight. But it didn't look like we could take the fight. And then we decided, okay, let's at least make all those NC subcaps travel all the way down. And while we did that, we actually killed a lot of stuff. And there was that one bomber wing from I forgot who it was, and they actually did quite good work on the horde oh, fleet. Fight. Out of yeah, exactly. So they kinda opened it for us and we said like hmm, maybe we can actually do something or a little bit more. And then there was this thing that we set up. Bosons were pretty new in the game at the time, and we always wanted to uh, use them in combination to like wipe out an entire dread bomb, which is kind of a ballsy move. And finding those four titans uh, spontaneously to just you know jump in and you know try to boson them for four sides um, might not always be easy, but in this case, like, we had no trouble finding them, so we gave it a shot. And this fight developed into this, you know, capitals on grid warping around and all that stuff. And then there was another dread bomb coming in. And we said, like, fuck it, let's do it. And then Bliss called it the blunderbuss. <laughs> and we jumped in four titans to try to wipe out that dread bomb. And uh, three titans got, uh, got out. So <laughs> that's it's a, an up success, I would say. But yeah, Shines actually got tackled in his titan. We couldn't get him free and... Tida was so was so heavy at the time that it was actually bad piloting. Okay, That's yeah, it was probably it. a combination. I would say, yeah, bad piloting by the Snuff FC who didn't kill Dictors quick enough. Hey, yeah, nightmares and ten percent Tida. I'm sorry. Yeah, but basically, that gave NC time to move all the fucking supers and Titans down there, and then uh, kill that one Titan. But I think at the end, it was like a fifty-fifty battle report anyway. Even though we lost the Titan up, I think we 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 lost it by a couple bill, you know. But we were quite happy with it anyway, because that fight we shouldn't have taken it in the first place, and then we kind of made it happen, so it was great. The forging of the Rakapas Cartel, hey? Exactly. Well, let it's, me, it's let me uh, tell you the first time I met High. I was traveling past Rakapas with about 120 slip, and he was like, "Yo." Can you come and sit on this wormhole, please? I think we're about to bait somebody into a fight, and then I want you to come through and kill a load of dudes. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> that was basically it. The fight didn't happen, but that was basically it. Wow. Slept no through a wormhole. Sad. Yeah, back then, yeah. Those were the times, huh? I think, like, back in the day, you had way more zero-to-zero -zero connections. 
That was just way better. Okay. Oh yeah, I just read that. Lilith, one of the reasons why you probably have missed me is I couldn't answer anyone sending me messages on Discord and stuff. My phone literally broke the night <laughs> into the first fucking day. I was completely, like, my mobile was gone, you know? So, I was relying on Shines and the other guys to, you know, get me places and all that stuff, so I couldn't figure anything out. Yeah, it was kind of a, a bad start. <laughs> Maybe. No, no. I think, like, uh, a lot of people actually found me anyway. Maybe you weren't uh, determined enough, you know? That must have been it. But yeah, uh, it was quite, I mean, it's kind of weird though. Some people approached me saying, hey, like I've seen your fleets uh, or like I've seen chats or like streams and stuff like this. And you guys were right next to me, but you guys were kind of undercover because nobody knows what a Kenda or a High One 2 looks like. Right? I remember we were sitting next to some legacy renders. I forgot what the alliance name is. Evictus. Oh, yeah, yeah, some Evictus guys. We were sitting down with them, and then they were telling us about the like their lines and shit. And I was like, they're like legacy renters, and like Hi was sitting next to them, right? <laughs> it's like arch enemy of Vili, and uh, they had no idea, and they were just you know telling stories. That was kind of funny. They just told me to get a haircut, and that was all. That was that. They told you what? The haircut. That's all they said. I still didn't get it. What did he say? To get a haircut. To get a haircut? <laughs> That's what the guy said. Oh, you look gorgeous. Thanks, Hi. Bando. So do you. Oh, thanks. Even at 16, when you were a rebel and a hooligan. <laughs> Wait, I told, you, I told you that story? Yeah. You said a lot of things, Bando. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. And you <laughs> like to repeat a lot of those things out oh, of context. It's so good, but I'm not going to do it here because it's your show. Yeah, you're going to do it in every fleet. Going on. You also you also learned that Dark Shines wears the pants in in it, but he does not wear the pants it's whipped. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we, all, we also learned that Pando, right guys, Pando has got the moves. When we got on the dance floor that night, Pando has got the moves. So next time, instead of having like a fight with him, I'm gonna challenge him to a dance off and we're gonna get on webcam and have a little dance off where Pando's got the moves. Yeah, I mean, I wanted him to stream Eve London, but he. My uh, moves were so on point, like I don't think I can follow up on it. So I'm just gonna, you know, from now on, I'm not gonna dance anymore. Because <laughs> uh, you know, how am I gonna top that? That performance was just on point, I thought. So it was my masterpiece, and now I'm done. I'm gonna retire from dancing. I didn't see high on the dance floor though. I didn't see. Oh wait, I left. I didn't see any of you guys before. You guys are talking shit here. I didn't see any of you guys I do any better. About my actually, stuff. that's true. I actually saw the trigger IP flag, which I actually got right behind me. I was about to say, where is he, man? Yeah, I have to put it up on the wall, but like Thank I didn't you. have time for that. Oh, that's the inner flag, by the way. So I got both. Yeah, I'm gonna like also like I'm gonna take then obviously a couple bill per stream. I mean that's free entered. Uh, uh, what is it called advertisement then, right? I think that's just fair. Wait, what? I've got to pee. Huh? I'm poor, dude. What? You're you're a CEO of a big alliance. I Surely you you're making Luke. good money. Kenda, I thought you just signed a lucrative contract in the big yeah, alliance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got the Komodo BPC recently, right? So that kind of helps a little bit. But oh, no, really? We're not rich. Who did you steal that from? Uh, we we 
Well, he just dropped, just magically appeared. You know, oh, right. Dropped, so. so, you, you know, know how CCP did the thing saying nobody came... going to be in a lot. They joined Kendar's Alliance. All of CCP is in Kendar's Alliance. They just spawned in. Oh, they would start that shit high. That's so high. Hey, thanks for the sub. RJ, Blackbirds, and Ashen. Like, thanks for the dudes. Uh, but you, you guys actually made the thing, like you did it, and nobody stole it? Yes, or, because of oh. the change the CSM had happened, no one could get a freighter into system to steal it. They stole the officer mods, but I, but I was honest with you, I, I was saying at the start when we were killing it, I was like, this is going to drop the commercial. I just had it, like, I had the feeling it would, and uh, it did. And what do you mean, this, uh, the changes? Do you mean it was in a soft space and then it's cyanogemmed, so you can't even sign with it? Yeah. Yeah, so they, so somebody did try. Uh, I believe Wangs tried to sino a freighter in, jumped into system, realized that the system was sino jammed, realized that every gate was heavily camped with subcaps, and then was just like, yeah, okay, we can't do it. But um, DSTs and like a few cloaky haulers and scepters and stuff managed to warp in and steal the officer loot that. But mm. no, we got the. Was we got it a lot though? Got it out. No, not really. Not compared yeah. to the the Komodo. I remember we did one uh, up in, where was it? Great Whitelands, I believe. One of the first ones ever. And we did it in Ravens. Like, literally. It's so much work, dudes. And then don't even get me started on bush chains, okay? I'm just saying. It was so fucking hard to do in Ravens. And then uh, only, only one officer in one dropped. And that one got stolen by like some random scepter. It was just the worst. It was just the worst. They I think though. that was the well, last one I ever tried. I was like, ah, oh, fuck this. They kind of are a bit iffy to run, I think. We yeah. done one a few weeks ago, Pando. Yeah, I know, we did one. And then guess what? It got stolen. <laughs> like, even with the freighter changes, if they're smart and they're quick and, you know, and you, like, you don't expect it just that way, like, you know, they can still do something about it. But yeah, that one was easy. I mean, it's designed to be done by a couple of titans that's what it is and so a couple of titans can easily do it it was actually i think a stream earlier Someone what happened yesterday was it yesterday oh yeah uh uh fraternity a couple of fraternity guys were trying to run it and what volta did um was they kept the titans bubbled and they just died to the rats two of them yeah yeah you can do that I thought the same, like when I saw the stream, I thought, like, would be quite nice, just check how low are they going, and then you just bubble. Or you also bubble their warboard, you know. Usually it's, like, if if you're lucky there's a keepstar in the system, but there's not always a keepstar of what is there. You might just bubble it in time, you see you where they warp to, the and then if the That's timing is bad, so they can't really warp out, because otherwise they're going to land in your bubble, and then, what, could, anything could be happening. So, um, yeah, fucking with that stuff... You know, it can be quite funny, I think. Uh, just to put out there as well that the Komodo BPC is still for sale. It's currently sat at 361 billion. So if anyone wants it, please do contact me. There you go. <laughs> I see Jita, Jita Market here. Who needs Jita Market if you, if you can just come on here and sell your stuff? Pando did tell you about the 10% uh, advertising commission, Kandar, right? What? I do. I always tell all the all the guests. Well, I have to live off something, you know, because Shines doesn't give me free ships anymore. I don't know. <laughs> it's because you're richer than I am. <laughs> well, not in assets. 
I guess. I don't know. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Um. So what do you think? Like, what was the the best part about the whole uh, uh, event? Like, besides like meeting and 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 stuff like this. Right. Did they have some chicken announcements? Curry. The chicken curry. Yeah, it was pretty good. You know what? The last curry. place, the last place we were at, the food was really good. I liked that, and it wasn't too expensive for London prices. So, I wish we would have arrived there earlier. Oh, Weatherby's. Yeah, it was a good place. Yeah. Chill location stuff. Yeah, but was there like any announcements you thought like fuck yeah? Yes. What was it? Kendall. It was the um, Killing Your Castles announcement that they will take away the ability to set a defensive day, so the attacker will now decide what day the structure will exit on. On its yeah, basically the the attacker will decide what day the structure's hold timer will exit on, rather than the yeah. defense. So for those people, like maybe like not everyone has so much to do with like timers, creating timers, following up on timers, and. Uh, thinking about when the final time was going to come out and all that stuff. So let me explain. Before this change, you would have, you would ref something at like, let's just say at uh, 1800. And then if it's time for a U time zone, it might come out 24 hours later. So let's say it's coming out the next day, 2400, uh, 1800. But then if you ref it again, it's always going to come out at the exact day and time the defender chose, which is uh, always their time zone, but in the middle of the week. So if it's now not 1800 for your Euro time zone group, but you're hitting a Russian time zone group that says, all right, we kind of like 1400, in the middle of the week, you can't really follow up on your ref anyway. So the final time is going to be always a super shit timer in the middle of the week, out of your time zone which is like a struggle for anyone. But now that you cannot choose the day as a defender, the attacker can actually calculate when to start refing to then That's get a, so uh, a weekend timer, which is a big difference, obviously, because at the weekend, at Russian time zone, even Euro time zone alliances, or I would even argue probably US time zone alliances, can form at least to a certain degree. And that's going to be a game changer for sure. People have been asking for that for ages. I've been asking for that for ages, actually. Um, and I think, like, you're entirely right. Like, the big thing about it is FCs um, can form. And you've, if you're across time zone alliance, if you have multiple TZs, those people will be showing up to your fleet as well, as well as the hostile fleet. So it is going to, it's going to basically, it should be more content, basically. Yeah. I think it's cool that, like, they. I mean, we've had some timers recently where you do the first timer and then it's two days and then you do the final timer and suddenly, boom, a nine-day timer. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that it's going to be down to, what, max four, maybe five days now is an improvement. What's the minimum? Is it still like 24 hours or what is it? Uh, it's uh, still 24 hours, I believe, yeah. You know, that always struck me as weird. Cause let's I, know say... it, I know it books you. Yeah, I know it books yeah, but like, let's let's uh, let me explain. Like, so we're fighting each other. We're both the same time zone. So I hit you on day one, and it and timers can come out differently by like plus minus two or is it plus minus four? I think it's plus minus two, right? So you set it to yeah, eighteen hundred. Yeah. yeah. So you set it to eighteen hundred. I hit you at eighteen hundred, but the timer goes two hours back, which then means it would come out at sixteen hundred. But that's less than twenty-four hours. So it would come out a day and 
22 hours later, which is weird to me. Why wouldn't it just be 20 hours minimum and then it, it's in the same time zone still? Yeah, but, agreed. You know, it's just those little things, but, you know, it's, I mean, that's the worst stuff. They didn't announce, like, the details around it either, so we don't know yet how long the duration will be between the armor timer and the hull timer. You know what I mean? Like, it could be seven days, it could be two days, three days. Mm. And they also didn't mention what solution they've got for low-power citadels. So we, and they said yeah. that they have nearly got something for that. Oh, and finally, so, the ADM4 change as well. If you remember, Panda was like a semi-good we might want to discuss. The ADM4 changes. Yeah, so I think a lot of people confused that. So what they said is, if, you're, if the system has ADM4, you cannot anchor um, medium structures in that hostile space. A lot of people confuse that medium as like a Fortisar because they think Astrahos is small, Fortisar is medium and um, Keepsters large. But it's actually, Fortisars are large. Keepsters are uh, extra large. So you can't feel, uh, you can't anchor like Astros, Red Haru or Arthanors in hostile space. Um, you know, which, so you can't spam it. Which was one of the approaches we actually had in the last bigger war. You could just, you know, put one red hardware in every hostile system like how many of them if you do it at the same time how many of them can they actually kill at the same time even if they outnumber you and you know form and all that stuff and uh, then you would have like a, a citadel in every hostile system in a region it's not that expensive it might be worth it for like a serious war it's definitely worth it yeah. mm. i am worried that it does limit kind of content timers a little bit so obviously Probably where everyone lives, they all have weak spots in um, the sort of where people could anchor structures even after the change. But like, you can't, for example, anymore, or you probably can't anymore, go and anchor a citadel off of somebody's forties R to, you know, really frustrate them and get a fight out of them, which commonly works. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I guess. I think it means though that all you have to do is like, <clears throat> so I mean, with the uh... With if if somebody's not doing anything in a system and they still have strategic level five, the ADM is only two, right? So people actually have to be doing like I think you have was a point six per level or something of each one. So you have to keep a reasonable level of activity to keep ADM four, like a small amount, but still a reasonable amount. So if you're an attacking force, you just need to shut that down basically and. Uh, yeah, which is kind of a valid way. If you want to like full on hurt somebody and a victim, that's what you do, isn't it? You go in and shut down the like their ability to make money and so on, because it's such a big thing in Eve now, isn't it? Like alliances have to make be able to make money basically for members doing activities in space. Yeah, yeah, which is one of the reasons low sig alliances struggle a little bit. I would argue. I mean, hi, you might have like a take on that. Okay. Struggling in what way? Uh, low sec alliances might be struggling with like, so maintaining, so basically now, null sec alliances have to get their um, alliance income out of player activity. Okay. If you see yes. it like that, so is it right, mining? Okay. Is it redding? Like that's where um, we get our money. In low sec, that has yeah. never been that possible. You know, you can't tax mission running really. It's yeah. not, you know, so. In, like we adapted to mining moons like all the alliances did teach green do it like massively they'll use like 10 rockles at a time but they're very skittish with it 
and uh, Genesis, Shoot First, and the other guys used to make bank doing LSH uh, rock mines. I think most of the bigger LSH alliances have a well-established way of rock mining for SRP. That's basically what everyone does. Well, LSH doesn't anymore. <laughs> so, so they that's... used to. <laughs> yeah. when, uh, when you were doing the stuff at Snuff High, was that like 100% of it goes to Alliance? Or was no, it... No, no. We first did 25 so people would basically rent the moon and it would be 25% of the R64 value and then we changed it to like all the moons come out at like different times, right? So there'll be like one for EU, one for US, one for AU and we had enough moons to basically just cycle it through the month and anyone could mine any of it and they could 50% of the ore but they'd end up making the same or more money because they'd be able to mine whenever they wanted instead of just having one set moon for themselves. Makes sense. Yeah, I always prefer the, the easier solutions when, when it comes to that kind of stuff. I think we are always doing a little bit more complicated, but then, um, you know, what do I know about mining? I've never mined in my life, so, I mean... You have to lead by example, Panda, I expect to see <laughs> And then rocker mine. No, uh, I think we've got plenty, I mean, Shines is gonna uh, shine as an example there, so... Okay, I guess we could break into a little discussion of, you know, why do people need to rock or mind? Why do alliances need to rock or mind? Because I've been thinking about this a little bit lately. Well, it's the big passive moon thing, right? Like, yeah, you know, that was the biggest income for medium size. And I mean, some large scale alliances as well was passive moon mining and they got rid of it. And we were like, well, what do we do for SRP? Because when it happened, and I was obviously a very big person, like, Crap, saying this is not going to work and it's going to suck and now people are starting to agree with me which I thought fan first as well but like not fan first even but um when you take it away like people were basically saying ah oh, all the money goes to the alliance blah, blah blah it's bad we should have active moons so people can individually profit but once you take it away then the alliances don't have SRP and the to fund the infrastructure they need to run the alliance right so you kind of have to replace it that's why okay yeah. so um question then to sort of panda and shines about around this do you guys feel that um, people have to rock mine for income or do you feel, I mean, it's kind of tied to the two, but do you feel you need people to rock mine so you can build a, you broke up at the end, can I? Sorry. Build a what? Oh, sorry. So, so you can build a super fleet. So do, do you think, you know, you have people rock mining for ISK or do you have people rock mining so the Alliance can benefit and grow a super fleet? Uh, I guess we've built a super fleet recently. So, I mean, I guess it depends on the alliance. For us, it wouldn't really have mattered how people made the risk as long as they made the risk because we had uh, 1DQ. We still have 1DQ. So yeah. with the amount of ore that's on the 1DQ market, it's need to build super cheap well, supers and titans. Okay. The only reason I'm kind of like asking is because um, a lot of people think rocks are key to building like a strong alliance and a strong empire and stuff like that and a super fleet. But then a lot like what do a lot of alliances use their super supers for or super fleet to save rocks? They don't kind of use them offensively. Or sometimes they do. Well, sometimes they don't. But do you know what I mean? Like it's not like we see a lot of for the. It's it seems more people just want to rock mine to build a super fleet. Not to actually rock mine to build a super fleet to then go and have a, like a super. I mean, super fleets don't get built in a short amount of time, and like this is the one thing that I keep saying anytime anyone asks me, is that uh, you've all the older alliances who went through this period of stability. So NC dot, 
PL, uh, what was her name, Raiden, White Noise, all those guys, they went through a period of time where they didn't have any serious aggression towards their structures or their sov. And they had their R64s and they also had drone lands, which at the time dropped the drone minerals, which you could reprocess into minerals. And at the time, there weren't any oracles. So it was the best way to get minerals. And all these groups spent years building their super fleets. And then you've got the likes of um, uh, well, Goons is kind of a bad example because they already had their super fleet to an extent. But take in it, for example, when we moved, we didn't have a huge amount of supers and titans, but then we. Delve got stabilized, we took Fountain and Quirius, and since then our, our super numbers have grown quite considerably. But it's not something that happens overnight, it takes a long period of time, and a lot of these things have only happened when the Rourke changes came in. But this is kind of our period of stability, if that makes sense, where we didn't have that before. Um, so, I mean, a lot of groups will use their supers to protect their Rourke to produce more supers, to try and catch up to the likes of NCDA and PL. So, it's so kind of a, a little bit of a is good. argument, I think. Yeah, but, it's I good. Mean, perspective is is good, though. Like how you see it, I think is really good. It's not a it's not a real discussion at this point that like in a one v one like in a straight up war, it's the time numbers. So, and that's where this all is coming from. It's all about those titan numbers. Even super numbers, obviously, if you have a shit ton of supers, that's a good to, uh, thing too. But like it's Titans, 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 and that's where this originates from. You, know? you want to be able to beat anyone you in a straight up war. That's so and hot. Also, thanks, thanks for the subs, guys. Grace, Mark, and up to no good. Thanks a lot, dudes. Much appreciated. But yeah, that's not a discussion, is it? That uh, it's all about the Titans. I mean, at no. this point. I think a major fight it's down to Titans. There's a lot of situations you can't bring Titans in, like if you're over an iHub. But, I mean, iHubs don't really make or break alliances or where they decide to live. It's it's what kills your home, and your home is usually a keep star or a fortisar. And for that, the best thing to both defend and kill is uh, Titans. And then when you've got Titans, you need more Titans to fight their Titans. Yeah. Or if you don't have a keep star. And Titans obviously also defend the rockets. I'm yeah, I'm joking. If you don't no, have a keepster, then I mean you're also good having more titans. You guys don't have a keepster? No, I don't want one either to be honest. You know what? So when keepsters were first introduced, everyone was saying like, oh yeah, super numbers and titan numbers are gonna go through the roof whenever you ping now. F the first thing my reaction was like, I don't think so because a lot of Who people thought that? Well, everyone who said, like, now you can have, like, no, your Titan is way more functional, yeah. because a lot of people... But it's not. Well, so the argument is that, I mean, and that's a legit argument, that um, now you can dock your Titan and then do something else with it if you don't need the Titan. Which also turned out to be a problem, though, because a lot of people, okay. when you would ping yeah. for Supers and Titans, would then say, ah, well, my Titan is actually not here. So they can't yeah. log them in in a moment's notice like they used to when everyone had to stay in their Titans 24-7. Prime so, example yeah. of that, recapped, huh? prime example was that was pre-Citadel patch. Uh, I was in Goon Swarm, and we had a rule um, that you weren't allowed, like a Nyx, or you weren't allowed a Super Carrier, sorry, or an Erebus, a Super Carrier or a Titan sitter. Your 
super character had to be in the Titan ready to go at a moment's That changed now, yeah. Yeah. But obviously now people dock up, go and do whatever, and you ping for, give a pinging for these things. Obviously then people have to turn around and go back, so. People would always ask uh, in Snuff, like, when are we going to get keeps done? Like, me and Tao were so against it. We, like, never, I, like, thought about it for a bit, but then Tao was like, no, no, no. We never yeah, do it just because it's really stupid. Tao dropped yeah, so just... high. What was the story yeah. around that? That was just, like, at the start, he was just like, you know, I can't, I really can't remember why he wanted it. I think uh, there's more. I Tao wanted it. Keeps done. Well, you're one of the very few people who, like, said no to keeps done, even though you guys could have afforded it. Pretty sure. People had them. They were willing to drop them for the <laughs> so. Actually, yeah, we had that too, like renters and all kinds of people. They're like, oh, yeah, I want to play the keeps. They're like, what? Why? They just want to play keepsters because it's awesome. Like, they don't even need much of a reason. Yeah. I mean, so, talking about keepsters, what do you think about, like, having, like, a limit of keepsters per, like, region or constellation or something like this? That would make sense. Like, why didn't why didn't they put a limit onto them anyway? Why didn't they put a limit on them all the citadels? Yeah, no, I don't. Spam is ridiculous. Would that give us more reason to fight over them? Do you think in, a, in yes. an area? If you had to centralize all your assets, for example, if you could only have like one, you know, staging keepstar, one staging fortisan, all your stuff is in there, and you didn't have anything else, but that kind of uh, everything, you know, all your assets would be in there. Then, right, you can't just like I'll oh, put another one down one system away and have everything there, right? It also makes grinding much less boring because you don't have to grind 80,000 citadels. Yeah. I mean, I did. So I, I did make a post a while back on Reddit, like my wish list for the Chaos Era and, and stuff like this. I had a list um, like of limitations I would love to see them put on citadels, but I never put it in there because I thought that's so controversial, it's going to derail the entire threat. And it was based on like type. So there's like combat citadels, Astros, Forza, and Keepsa, and then there's like industry stuff, obviously, um, like refineries and uh, uh, what's the other name? I don't know, the other industry citadel, right? So there's like lines of citadels, so you should limit them per system by type, is what I think. You don't need two combat citadels in one system, literally. So it should be limited. And then uh, Per region, it should be also limited, like per type, basically. So you can't you can't have more than I don't know. I would say one or two keepsters per region, which should be enough. You don't need a keepster on every region gate. So um, you know you have that one spot, and the umbrella can't be like everywhere and all that stuff. But yeah, I left it out. Maybe I'm gonna make a bigger post about it at some point. And I wonder, maybe I'm gonna ask you guys first for. Or feedback but yeah um i'm i'm happy though they did announce some changes to citadels which um, we were already talking about earlier so um at least even though i don't think it goes far enough at least they're admitting they, they're looking at it right so they know citadels have to be looked at which yeah. is quite nice yeah i think you need to everyone needs to remember and all like ccp are saying they're going to make a change and then they're going to you know, alliterate on that change if they need to the following two in the within the following two and I think that's like a really positive thing to do. Now all CCP need to do is keep that up. And I'm sure there's a lot of pressure like internally to do those sort of level of releases. But yeah, I think that um it's a great start. 
I know they said at the the meet, um, they said that they don't know if after into the new year they're going to keep up the two week release cycle, or possibly make it longer or sh- or maybe even shorter. They said, but because um, I can imagine internally on a development team, it's a lot of pressure to get things done. I mean, even if they're just small little changes, right? They've got to have a lot of discussion over them and so on, and try and envision how it changes whatever they're changing in the long run. What do you th- final change. What do you think about TCB Rice taking up the helm of the change? Well, I like Rice. I, I mean, he did do the boost changes, so, you know, he lost some points there, but I like him. I think he's I think the me best and Kenda talked about this, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Well, yeah, I like Rice too. Yeah, I like Rice too. I think that yeah. if anyone's going to be able to fix, you know, the game as such, he's going to be the best guy to it. He seems the most confident. Yeah. yeah, so when um, E Vegas was on and the keynote was on, and he came on stage, like my me and my guys in my alliance were watching it together in comms. Like, and um, like I said to them, I said, come on then, Rise, save this game. You're the only one that I believe can. And I know that's not <laughs> fair on like all the work that other no guys pressure. put because I know, I know there's a great, like, I really appreciate all the work CCP put into the game across the board to make the team, uh, to make the game like as good as it is. And as, low, as much as I love it, but at the same time, I'm like, Rise is the man, come on. Yeah, that's the thing, right? People, people go into the CCP hate train too quickly, especially on certain platforms like Reddit, uh, because it gives you like some upvotes or whatever. But in general, like CCP, they have a very much of an interest of making the game good, and they're very much trying. Uh, Lately, uh, it's disappointing, and I'm not gonna pretend um, like that I was happy about like most of the changes. I think there was a lot of shit in there too. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe um, if Rise gets a little bit more power, uh, we can see it go in the right that. direction. Yeah, I, I feel it. Yeah, I think yeah. he's he's been given like right. Do your changes go? Yeah, it feels like it. I don't know. I haven't talked about it. Um, to him or anyone, but that's what it feels like for sure. Yeah, I think he has his own team now, right? Team Talos, that's his team, and then depends on how much um, power he gets with uh, with that team. But we'll see, we'll see. They have been hinting stuff. Oh, that's actually perfect. So they have been hinting stuff at Vegas, which actually faults uh, one of our like background working people made me um, um, aware of. So Rice had the presentation at Vegas and he announced the boost changes and then the Minmata stuff, which means autocans in this case. So that was like, so first he did boost changes, that's done, yeah? Then Minmata stuff was hinted and that's done now. Obviously the autocannon changes and stuff like this. That's what they were talking about. And then maybe some minor ship, uh, ship changes like the Typhoon Fleet or what was it? There was another Mimeter ship, I think. They got a, a little bit of a better bonus, but yeah. So basically, those two are done. And then, actually, are you guys uh, watching the stream? Uh, like muted or something? Because I'm going to show some screens on Thingy because I prepped it quickly. Yep. So. Then they hinted next picture, so I'm gonna just put them on here. So the next hint was this one. And so, I mean, it's a wormhole with a fanny. So 
What do you guys think does does that mean? They're coming out with a new line of fanny pack. <laughs> oh, does it mean a capital supporting wormhole? Maybe. Like I know caps. I know wormhole. I think I know what it is. Minute, but go on then. Oh, Shines, what do you want to take a guess? Uh, I think that whoever was in the presentation really enjoys Thanatos's. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, it's pretty clear because it's a carrier on a wormhole. Uh, it has to do with the rolling technique, uh, like uh, not techniques. What's it called? Uh, the mechanics. So my guess is there's going to be something coming with like rolling mechanics. I could be wrong, obviously. I feel like it would more be what Kendall said because a lot of people have been crying on Reddit about like having capital wormholes and shit like that. But I mean, it would make sense to in the age where there's so many supers and titans you want it to be a bit more dangerous, I guess. But then <sighs> big wormholes like that, I don't know. Like you might be right as well. Yeah, I mean, I I hope I don't know what I should hope for here. To be honest, I'm not too much of a wormholeer so you- to now pretend to like have it all figured out and what's best for Walmart space to be quite honest. Whenever it comes uh, to Walmart, I rely on other, other people. Hmm? So sorry, do you think they're nerfing the uh do you think they're nerfing the carrier rolling or Yeah, well it's strong. It certainly is strong. Hmm. So and we know Hilma talked about um uh, like it's weird that, you know, you can roll it like that. And they were surprised when Ixuki you know, the Warhol CSM basically like explained to them how this works and that it's very safe to care in Warhol space. And they were surprised. Like for us, we are not Warholers, but we knew. Like everyone knew who was playing actively. And it's uh, also used PvP though, right? You roll into like enemy stagings and also then you roll like for good nullsec places. Yeah, yeah exactly. So there's a you know, there's bad things about it, but there's also obviously that's what spawns content too. So maybe you should only be uh, yeah. able to roll it to a certain degree. Yeah. I wouldn't like it if they just... I do feel like the changes they do these days are more PvE-oriented and safety net-oriented, so I wouldn't like if they keep, like, you know, making the game a bit more safe for the Northside crabs. I mean, wormhole crabs are way too safe as well, I agree. Well, that's kind of the standard changes was a, a big defensive sort of move, wasn't it, for the umbrellas and stuff, so... They are they are slowly trying to balance it out. Yeah, that was a good change. I hope they you know stick with it like they didn't with blackout. You know, I want them to like acknowledge that they do need to balance it out and yeah. kind of make the isk force it bigger than the fucking no sorry the isk sink bigger. Than- uh yeah, yeah. Um, so I've put on the next one, but the next thing they hinted towards was, was this. It's an Athanor with raw cards on it. I, it's a goon um, Athanor, I have to point out, actually. <laughs> I think I know... I think I know exactly what this is. Alright, tell me, because like, I'm not right, sure. Right, so let me just remind you that I was correct about them removing the final day. Alright, so I'm beating my chest over this here. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. When did you say that? On one of your, I came on one of your RC chats and I spoke about they're probably going to make it so you can set the final day on attack. Right? Alright. Because that made that that made sense to me. It was the only yeah, change was... they could make. There's a small change that would result in like resolving or slightly resolving the cross time zone stuff. This, I believe, is going to be that Athenors will be a 24 hour timer, not 
uh, a three timers when full power or two timers when low power. It's just going to be straight up 24 hours. Back to I the hope you're uh, right. soft tower style. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, right? Yeah, I think that's what it's going to be with this. Like, I think the rocks on it are just misleading. I don't think it's going to be like rocks can't tether on an Athenor because what what type of change is that for the game? It's not a good change, is it? It's not really going to help. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think the focus of this picture is definitely the Athenor, not the rocks on it, or the alliance that's on pointing it. I mean, I tell you what, I wish it would be passive move mining. Uh, that's what I wish it would be. I have some sort of passive move mining with these type of structures. I'd agree with that. Yeah, so I think, I mean, there was problems, like, let's not forget, there was problems with the passive moon mining thing too, like, especially for smaller groups, even smaller than your group, Kendall, you had the problem that the big guys can easily take over all the stuff and don't have to worry to be exposed, like, three regions away from their home system. You know, so the, it wasn't all great about the uh, passive. Wow, I get okay. the I get the content creation part. You know, I get that there's more incentive to ref it for an alliance level kind of thing. But at let the me same uh, time, expand you know, on it then. Sorry to cut you off right. there. Let me just expand on it and say, I, w I would love passive moon mining, but I, I don't want to see it really back in null sec. I want to see it back in low sec. I want to see I passive moon mining in low sec. I agree 100%, I think. Or maybe low-sec in NPC regions. NPC and all, I'm not sure 100% on that, because, again, somebody can dominate an NPC region like without even being there or being nearby with their supers, which is a bit unfair. But like with low-sec, there's so many people in low-sec that want, would want the moons that you, you could take it, but it constantly... Right? And unless you were sat on it with your supers, it constantly being ref. The thing is, though, like the... Having to mine out your R64s takes so much time. Like, if you spend an evening mining R64s because you have to for your alliance, that's an evening that you could have used shooting in it or shooting French Connection, you know, shooting anybody or doing something else except for moon mining. So it's just forced crabbing, basically, which is bad. That's well said. I never really thought about that, actually, yeah. But what I will say is, as a counterpoint to that, I really do like the idea of income bottom-up, members getting income and not... Now, my alliance is poor as fuck. Like, we can barely afford our soft bills, which is a joke. And I understand that alliances should make some risk, but there needs to be a better balance. It can't go back purely to the old system. It needs to be, like, maybe 25% in the moon is passively, like, pulled or something. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to say something super controversial, I think. I always wondered why you have to pay for the soft. Why doesn't it pay you, you know what I mean? Like, if you hold a lot of soft, you should be paid for it, to a degree. And then maybe the more soft you hold, the less... I mean, it's a, you know... A, what, do you, what, what, what is it called on the, the new faxes? Diminishing returns. So, like, you're not going to get as much cash per system if you hold, like, I don't know, a thousand systems. But... So smaller alliances have a little bit of an edge there. If they only hold like 10, 15 systems, it's way better. And then people would say, oh, that might be exploitable. It's not that easy because if it gets reft, that alliance has to def defend it. There's only that one alliance that can defend it. Oh, yeah, so, I see what you, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That would be good. It would also be another point of uh, like the more space you have, the more money you get, and therefore it's appealing to have more space. And that sounds shit on the on the face of it but what it actually means is solve has now become a resource in itself yeah. that alliances have to fight over 
wow, Panda, we might just like hit a massive nail on the head. That's really a good way out. I think that's a really good thing because it gives people... I know Sov's not glorious, right? When it comes to fighting, but I, I promise you one thing, it is at the smaller scale. Like, we love our soft fights. It's when you've got a thousand dudes trying to contest a single eye hope that it's, it's a terrible system. Yeah. You know, I always said the idea behind it, I like it. I like the idea of like having those nodes and you need to... I just think it's too many nodes, too. Because if you don't finish your nodes, let's say like it's a smaller group fighting another smaller group, you cannot finish your nodes because it's too, um, you know, it's too busy and you're actually fighting. Then there's more nodes spawning. And then suddenly you have like 10, 10 plus nodes. I'm not sure what the limit is actually. But there's a shit ton of nodes. For smaller group, it's very hard to have 10 guys and tow stuff. So you throw like, like worthless shit on it. And it's just, uh, it's just uh, for FCs too. If you want to get a fight and you want to have like, the deciding five to, uh, fight to win the timer, you can't even think about making a play or whatever because it's so overwhelming with, this, with the amount of nodes and it's ever-changing too. Like every couple of minutes, there's a node now and the other one is gone. And then there was a fleet, but they're moving fast because they just have to hunt those entosers. So you can't really get in between, camp them in or whatever. It happens on a really big scale, but in medium scale, I think it can be so exhausting for FCs. That's why we don't see this. Because no FC really wants to do soft stuff. You know? I mean, on a certain scale, it's not that bad because you have a lot of people available. But I feel like medium scale, like one alliance on its own, it's just so painful. And then you need, you need those specialized little groups that actually can help out with that stuff, which is super helpful. Right? But... Uh, you, d you didn't see the dream scenario of people splitting up into like, I don't know how many different fleets and then fights all over the place. That's, that's simply not happening. So I thought always like less nodes that are a little bit more stable, right? So that don't have them despawn all the time and change location, but have them in one spot for a while at least. What we don't see from fun. CCP is what we used to see from like, well, what we normally see from other game developers is that when they do something and it's like not working or it's too powerful or whatever they quickly fix it which doesn't really happen these days they're very slow to do stuff yeah i agree i i would say like you say slow i say they're very patient i think they recognize a mistake fairly quickly but then they're very patient with it because i think one of the main reasons is they don't play their own, their own game they don't see how draining it can be if something is really broken and you have to deal with it for like a a long period of time um yeah so yeah i'm gonna actually switch to the next one because people say no uh, i should switch back to the uh, to the normal overview or overlay let's go through the thingies actually so kenda's prediction was what that it's gonna be uh semi-passive moon income oh, uh yeah. 24 hours it was gonna be 24 hours as a timer it's, it's the actual change what i'd love to see was passive moon mining sorry my bad. Alright. Alright, so the next one is this hint. Uh, an Ansiplex with a lot of people jumping through it right now. I think that is the 500k thing. It's come to pass. Uh, it is. When did they announce the 500k? Was it also Vegas? Yeah. Oh, was it? Was okay. 500k? Was it? Hmm. Oh, no, yeah, it wasn't. yeah, it was Vegas. No, it was Vegas, yeah. Because they said they wouldn't move the... At Vegas, they said they wouldn't move the... Like, move the existing structure. Oh. That's right, yeah, yeah. You know what? You might be right, but I think there might be more to this, actually. 
I there's going to be new animations. Then they say there's going to be new jump gate animations. You know what? As long as they're not touching fatigue, it's all okay. Well, so, that's what I was thinking. Are they going to add fatigue? Because no. I think people complained enough about the it's not a jump gate, it's not a jump bridge mix-up. Because we get the, the worst of both worlds, for those who don't know. If you tackle something on the jump gate on a Ansiblex, they can still jump. Uh, just as if it was a gate. But at the same time, the guy's tackling cannot follow uh, even if he's not aggressive and stuff like this, so I think they're gonna make some changes in that regard to the mechanics no. of um, you know jumping through, being able to actually tackle stuff on it and have it not jump through. Like capitals uh, are not able to jump through with like a hit point and stuff like this. Um, I'm not sure if that's actually the case. To be quite honest, have you ever tackled that's a flat. cap on an ansiplex with a hit point? Uh, I'm gonna guess that it can't jump, but you're entirely right. It would be worth checking because it can't jump for a gate, right? If you hit cap on yeah. a gate. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but I think something along those lines. I hope. Right? That's my hopeful version of it. But you might be right. That might already be the 500 km changes, right there. Does anyone else have uh, anything? All right. So I the next. Sorry, what? And I just I think they're probably throwing the. Do we add fatigue? Fatigue? Do we not add fatigue? Ball up and down, like quite a lot. And for now, they're leaving it without fatigue. I just hope that it stays that way. You know what? I think you shouldn't be able to jump with the red timer, but it shouldn't add fatigue. I think that's a that's yeah. a good middle ground, kinda. Mm, possibly, yeah. But yeah. So, uh, can you jump with red timer on a jump kit? Oh yes, you can. Yeah. Oh, okay. I learned. Caps too. All right. Or a so, few caps. That's the next one. That's number, I think it's number six. Just some drifter stuff. So, I guess that's PvE stuff. And not really of all interest, is it? Well, it's probably going to be the drifters returning and refing everything and Reddit going, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of enjoyed it when, it, when everyone lost be, their minds. I thought it was like Avian versus drifter. Ah, uh, yeah, possibly, yeah. But I thought it was great that the drifters were doing that. I know it's a pain in the ass for big empires, but like PvE. I've always found PvE in this game very lackluster because it doesn't interact with players like at the at the way players interact with each other. And I'm not saying it should like all the time, but I think it would be pretty cool if like there could be some sort of interesting mechanics going off that, or this has been refed and it's NPCs we need to defend. You probably I tell you what it probably would be is kind of well, probably not actually, but it might be a good way as well like for training FC. You, know, you mm -hmm. go in core primaries. You have to switch targets if something's tanking, etc., etc. That's what I always thought the whole incursion thing in high sec and stuff was true. good at. Yeah, true. PV is quite boring, do you not think? Like, these days where it's quite repetitive and, like, it's really easy. Like, I thought the new, uh, when there's the thing where you hit the gate with the fragment thing, whatever the fuck that's called again, that was quite cool. Abyssal that space? Was quite risky. Yeah, Abyssal. <laughs> there is actually, one of them is Abyssal space stuff, so. Alright, so... No predictions here, I guess. I have no idea. I, I wouldn't even know what's going on with the Drifter stuff and so on. It's probably something to do like what you already said with the Invasion Part 3. Didn't they say this was going to be a Part 3 in yeah. January or something? Or I don't know. Oh, yeah, that might be it then. We'll see. Alright, next one. Very simple. Just a corpse in space. Is it in front of a sun or something? I'm not sure. Might just be like a cool looking effect. Just make it look dramatic. 
yeah, someone, yeah, exactly. That's what he said. So when he said, when he went through those slides, at this point he said like, hmm, maybe permadeath. That's obviously trolling to throw you off. There's probably something else. The best thing CCP could do would be reintroduce the old clone mechanics. Could you, could you <laughs> yeah. imagine? Like that's just an instant. Oh shit! I need skill injectors. Yeah. <laughs> to to reclaim because I fucked up. The amount of times I had to train FC five because I forgot to upgrade my <laughs> clone, and that's what he decided to take off was not was not enjoyable. Then a battleship vibe for me. When you think about it, though, like they always talk about isk sinks and stuff. That was actually. Not an insignificant way to spend your isk, having to like if you had 80 million skill points, you'd take what was it like 40 50 mil at a time or something every time but you died? It, yeah, but did it put people off uh, PvP because oh, if I go on this fleet and I lose, that's a 60 mil? I think they couldn't reintroduce it at this point because people are like it's with the local with blacker, right? People are just so used to having it easy now that if they done something like that, it would be uh, it would be terrible. Like, people would hate it. I don't think I'd mind it too much. It could be interesting. Or some form of it, I guess. Sorry, guys. I was AFK for one sec for an emergency. So what's the prediction here? If your um, clone has slaves in it, it just self-destructs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Slaves don't exist solid, anymore. A yeah, solid yeah. prediction. True, true. I think it's that um, they're just going to kill off Vili and the Mitanni from the game completely, just ban them, just so the game you know, gets a bit more healthy, and it's a good change. Ay ay ay. Alright, I have no idea what it could be. It has to do with clones, so... Oh, it could be something to do with the new implants either. Or didn't they bring out new implants? Ah, uh, they'll try something else then. Or maybe it's uh, like a, a depiction of shield slaves that they're dead and it's never gonna happen. <laughs> You know, for shield saves to work, they literally have to rework the whole like shield regeneration and like shield HP things and so many stuff. Because imagine rattlesnakes with shield saves, you'd get like 800k EHP. Uh, yeah. Massive regen Leviathan. Awesome. Yeah, it might be the Mimesis implants. Oh, Some of those might already be there, but I think it imagine... has to do with something. Oh, Ashen says corpse reprocessing. Ah, that would yeah. actually be fucking amazing. I would love that. Pulling that implants again. out of a out of a, a corpse. Yeah, this implant prize was would drop though. I also think you shouldn't be able to like rip out your implants as you're dying. Like you should only be able to do implants in a station in a clone bay or some crap. Yeah, correct. You shouldn't be able to just rip stuff out because it's so dumb. That is correct. Also, put them in while like you have them in cargo and you only use them. If you need them and stuff like this, like I do that all the time with command ships and just have it in my cargo. Yeah. So I don't have like three fucking info clones all over the place and then three armor clones and three skirmish. So I only use it if I really need it. Yeah. Yeah, it might be one of those. I mean, that would be a good change. I like that. Yeah. I hope you're right. All right. Let's go to the next one. I know you guys are running out of time. Shine's gonna like this one. It's a fucking Drake, but in front of some space thing. We need to bring back Drake fleets. Rice said he was going to, right? He said that he stood on stage and said, bring back Drake fleets. He said as well that he wanted to get the game away from like hacks and make us use battleships more. I think they just need to fix missiles in general. Like anything from Drake's yeah. to... Like it's such a... Like, 
everyone asks, oh, what Titan should I get? And the instant answer is not the Leviathan. Anything except the Leviathan because it's so shit. Phoenix is a shit as well in Dread Bombs because if you bump more yeah. than 50k in yeah. the top Phoenix, you're just... Well, the Moros is the same, right, as well, in that respect? Yeah, but it's not massively as bad because your tank is in the um uh, in the like low slots so you can have mid slots for application where shield if they could reduce the flight time on missiles but like heavily increase the velocity so it was more towards guns i've no idea if they don't do that because of some physics reality thing that they're trying to keep or but if they could make missiles hit quicker balance things out between guns i yeah i think i agree actually I mean, especially on the Ravens, you could see the disadvantage on a missile base board. When we were flying uh, Bush Ravens, that we were literally hitting a target and then we would have to wait like 20 seconds, 25 seconds or something till the fucking volley hits. It's just, I mean, there is, you could, you could also claim they have way more damage for the range they hit at and all that stuff. But I think, I mean, that kind of highlights the, the whole problem a little bit. So, you can offset the damage with, um, with SIG and stuff, so there is certain offsets to missiles, but it's just like one of the big reasons you don't use missiles against subcaps is because of the amount of time it takes to hit. Like it's just not a def- not as efficient as alphaing with like munins yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah, you need Great to. Navy. You need to uh, hit the target long enough for, for before your next cycle. That's yeah. basically what it means. So if you want to alpha shit. You don't want to be like cycling your second second volley already. I just had a fight with Drake Navy issues yesterday. We were but in that's mid case they were in Drake Navy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a difference. I mean, that's that's the thing. Some ships are just meant to be like for mid scale, small scale, and that's fine. Yeah. And some ships are supposed to be shit. And I think that's totally fine too. You need some bad ships in a game that everyone thinks like, oh, those are bad. Let's go and engage them, and then maybe someone figured something out and. Make, yeah, exactly, like a sacrilege fleet. If you see sacrileges, you're like, might as well just take uh, some boys out and, and engage those guys. But maybe, maybe there's a trick to this, and you know, they, they might just catch you and then you know, do whatever. So I like to have a couple ships in a game that are also shit. Like, you need that too. The Ferox nerf wasn't very good. That reminded me as well. The Ferox nerf? Which one? Uh, yeah, the Ferox is the one... crazy OP. Yeah, exactly. They didn't nerf Ferox, is probably not upset me. What about the Munin nerf, though? Well, they're actually nerfing again. Somebody wasn't sure. Sig, the speed, and the optimal range, I think. Good, good. Okay. They should have done rate yeah. of fire as they, well. That was a bit. They still hit 100 plus, though. They still hit 100 plus. They're still the fastest hack. They didn't lose any HP. They, um. Yeah, they hit 88 plus 30. I think Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. I was looking at an armor Munin just. Yeah, Tremor is 89 to 120, so yeah. Yeah, so it's, eh, you know, I don't think it went far enough. They should have picked one of them and hit one of them a little bit harder. Way less range, I mean, or way, uh, way slower. One of the two, whatever. I think, I don't think it's solely about the and I think it's about hacks in general, um, which is a bit unfair to Zealots and, and, and Ishtars because they're not fantastic, but Eagles and Munins in general are just so overpowered. Like, it's it's more of a thing with hacks. They should fit hacks into a more specialized role, bring yeah. back battleship fleets. Like the, so, I would argue, hacks, especially armor hacks, it has to do with the painting too. Because with info bonuses, the way they work, 
you can get so hard pains that you cannot signature tank. It's just impossible. Like you're not mitigating any damage because you're painted to no end. And uh, that has also to do with info bonuses, not countering the paint effect. Why doesn't it? I don't get it. And now people can't claim I want to, like, I'm pushing for this for the Stukas. Like, I'm not flying Stukas, obviously. I mean, not at the moment. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't understand why the info bonus that is to, uh, what is it called? Um, information sensor strengthening or something? Optimization. No, that's optimization. That's, you get more lock range and stuff like this. Um, right, hold on. I'm looking. I can't remember. No, you tell me. No but one yeah. can remember this one. What's the it's a Cause, script, right? Because it's usually useless. Right? No. It's, it's one, one of the strongest ones. ones what are you about? The like countering, countering TDs and sensor yeah, damage and stuff like that. Massive. massive. Massive, yeah. You know how over, like target disruptor, uh, tracking disruptors are one of the strongest E1 modules in the game. Mm -hmm. I think they are the strongest E1. Yeah, they're very underestimated as well. You know, I because know. people can't physically see them doing something in game. Like, they just have this stat effect, right? You just don't really see them doing much. Like, people think they're shit, and they're not. It's, it's also because the, people uh, don't have the support skills for them correctly. You know, that's funny, actually. Electronic su superiority charge is the one you're talking about, I think. No, it's not. That's for, uh, for the boost. Electronic hardening charge. Exactly, that's the one. So electronic hardening is supposed to ca uh, counter EWO. It does for target uh, disruptors and ta can target... Can we call ourselves FCs? <laughs> targets, uh, dampness. What? These are minute details. All you need to do is anchor and call targets, right? You don't yeah. need, you don't need the specifics. You don't need alpha, you don't need infra boost with You've a your uh, gear, dark shines. Of course you do. Yeah, you need everything with your super. <laughs> but you remember we've, when you used to have these to dudes called uh, VHS who look after all this stuff first, so we get lazy and don't have to look at it anymore. No, it's so, such a pain. And you have to do like wing links, squad links, you know, Titan boosts and all oh, that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. And then you could only have like three, right? and then yeah. only one squad would have all the things, or you would have to have like one info booster for every squad, which yeah. is quite quite hard. But yeah, so my point was, painting is not affected by it. So why doesn't it, you know, counter the paint effect? It doesn't make sense to me. And I think it's one of the reasons why they... AHX cannot exist at this meta at the moment. They probably don't want to double buff though, because the skirmish one already reduces your signature radius. Does I mean that's the only thing I can think of really and is that they don't want to double buff the uh, sig what? radius. Shield tanks and armor tanks do get a double buff then. I missed the sig radius buff. That's good. Or the old links, but it's more. Do they though? Like you've only got one set. Of, you've you've got one set of things that do like improve your armor or shield, right? Or you don't have more than that. Yeah, obviously. I mean, if it's not, a, it might not be that at all. It's just the only thing I could think of. Well, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that was my take on the, the whole Evo thing. Not sure what's the next business. one's a good one. Come on, Pando. The next one's a good one. Come on. Oh, you know what? Which one it is? I think I know which one's next. Which one do you think it is? It's the Sino with caps around it. Yeah. So it's a picture for those who are just listening. It's a picture of like. Um, I think the revelation is in the foreground. And then there's a lot of caps. Or not a lot of caps, actually. A lot of sinos. Yeah, a lot of sinos, though. So it looks like those sinos are lit by the caps. 
Do you want uh, me to um, tell you what it is, or do you want me to yes. like speculate? Enlighten me, Lord Kendall. You'd, li you'd like me to give you a perfect telling what it is. Perfect. Right? I want like a perfect ten out of ten on point answer to this. All right. There you go. I think they spoke about this at Eve London actually, because one of the guys was talking to me about it, but I was slightly drunk, so I wasn't paying attention. But basically, um, they said that one of the things they want to change is the way caps sino in at the moment, how they spawn within you know five thousand meters around the sino, they might bounce. What they're gonna do is look at spreading out caps when they come in. Like you might have it as an option. Mm, yeah, I, I heard don't that. know how. Could be a charge, maybe you load into a sino, for example, that says like spread, and then you spread all your caps out on grid over a oh, certain radius. So maybe the sino serial generator then generates the sino effects for each cap. Is that what's happening? So you like you're in a rapier, you light your sino generator, and there's like a little bit of an effect, and everyone sees, oh, there's a sino generator active. And then as soon as I click jump onto your sino, it spawns the sino effect. Yeah, but then what type of radius are you talking? Because look how far away some of those signers like in the foreground. Yeah, it just not just be some sort of one of those like mini nerf, like mini patch things they do, where they just you're just like, all right, no, one cap can be jumped on one side or something. It just would be funny. I think what they said is they they thought about doing it mass based, which then means no. the more no. mass you have, the further away from the signer generator you spawn. I think that's a terrible idea. That's it like when it's really complicated. Like how they make this work in an like an efficient way. Because sometimes you want caps to be balled up, sometimes you don't, right? If like say you're dread bombing and the Titan is uh the Titan fleet's thirty away from you. If you dread bomb and then you have like a let's say a thirty kilometer radius, then some dreads are gonna be like sixty away, or even if it's bigger, like I think that looks bigger than thirty kilometers, that's not very efficient. So if I would have to take a guess, in a dread bomb scenario, they probably look at the dread jump in range would be like a 10km radius. And then Super Titans would be like 15, 20. That's what I would guess. I could be totally wrong though. Also, how do you like, you know, you can do that, but then like, say you jump a fleet of 100 dreads, you know, they're still going to be bumps then shortly. Like if you, even if you do a radius thing, because like if you do 10 kilometer radius and you have 100 caps, the caps are still quite big. They're not going to fit in that efficiently. Well, I mean, it's way better than it is now then, you know, bumping-wise. That's what they're trying to address. I mean, even if you spread them out way further, there's still chances that two Titans just come out at the same spot, and then boom, you get bumped, even with a 30km radius. The thing is, you don't always get bumped. I'd actually love to see what the um, what the trigger is for a bump, like on... Like I bet. <laughs> Because, like, I mean, we warp in Titans to things all the time, and you've got 10 Titans who will just sit there, and they're able to slow boat away from each other. And it's no problem, yeah. even though they're literally inside of each other. It's and then there's it. other times you warp on grid, and, like, you could be a kilometer away from each other, and then suddenly, fucking boom, and one Titan just flies yeah. across the grid. But then it's a, like, like a shuttle that's, you know, sitting on Titan for, like, an hour. Yeah, and suddenly remember, it bumps it. I remember I was wrapping a path in the Minakawa, and there was nothing on the path. I was off the path shield, and there was like some drones there because there'd just been a fight. And I bumped, like going like three kilometers a second in triage off one sentry. That was nice. God damn. What the fuck? Yeah. All right. So, what everyone's the, the, the prediction is that it's going to be the jump in, like range kind of thing. Yeah. 
It's hardly an anchorable Sino module, something like the Sino Jammer, is it? Because there's a lot of them and they look pretty small. Oh, yeah. that that could be a four, yeah. Because obviously so, we've got recon Sinos now limited down, aren't we? So yeah, it could be like a, a an anchorable Sino. Well, so that's what I try to explain with the whole like the effect is coming later. That's why we see so many Sinos, right? So it's a, it's the interesting. generator has an effect, and then every ship that jumps in, as soon as you click jump, you get an an effect. Like you can see it right there, and then they jump onto those. Mm. I don't know. It could be, I guess, but to me, it I, like it, that. That'd be a big change for CCP, right? It's not something. Well, and also, also bumping used to be like an effective. It would also be like a yeah, because it'd be like a there'd be risks in like you dropping a massive Titan fleet as well. Like you know, you used to see the old Black Legion videos where goons would jump in Titans and then they jump their slows in, right? And then like one time they'd bump away from the slows and the Titans and just dread bomb it and it'd die because it didn't have reps and all these old things. So, you know, there were plays from bumping as well. And also it split up dreads like for example, it was just like the draw like if you know, Kendar dread bombed uh Dark Shines and his dreads like half his dreads bumped out of range, then Dark Shines won, you know, it's all these different factors that they used to bring into the game and made it more interesting. It oh, wait a second. So Kendar Bur couldn't bump out of range from my doomsdays, so it's all good. Borex is pointing something on that tethered. I don't think they're tethered actually. They don't there look tethered. There is a tether there. effect going towards the... the revelation you see coming up. But all the other caps don't have tether effects, and there that's might be the, something uh, hidden behind the ref. That's yeah, yeah, the uh, trigger happy fleet uh, tethered up there. Yeah. <laughs> you so, might be uh, right. One of, the, <laughs> one of the guys has just linked in the chat um, like the specific video that they were talking about at Vegas where Rise was demoing what this slide was about. And it is that basically they're coming in at Fever. Like he, he jumps a, a, a cap fleet to a Sino and all the faxes appear in the middle and all the Titans appear around the outside, like the old wrecking ball type that of thing. That's the worst thing they could do. Well, he yeah. was experimenting. He was, he was saying he was experimenting with it. Like he was saying he was experimenting with it. Like, if you jumped all your Titans into the middle and your faxes around the outside, you would bump less than if you jump your faxes into the middle. Yeah, yeah. And on, on the on the video, I just had a quick watch there. On the video, you do see like avatars bumping off each other and stuff. And he says that, you know, basically they, they're still having bump. Yeah, I hope uh, that's not the case. I mean, if they would just you know, jump it in as a wrecking ball, kind of perfect, and every cap fleet ever will now have no bumps. That's a big buff for coalitions. You know, big yeah, buff for big. It's not going to fix anything when the big coalitions still don't field anything. You know, if they don't jump in, ain't going <laughs> to. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. But do you remember? Do you guys remember in X forty seven when we jumped into Titans onto the Keepstar and like straight away? I think it was two or three Arabuses just flew straight towards the Keepstar from bumps. Yeah. Like that it's not fun for, for that either because like those dudes are instantly dead. Like you literally cannot do anything to save them. Yeah, like I guess true. there's arguments two and four, but like could you imagine and I know you hate bringing up the ISK thing, Panda, but if you imagine you're after spending let's say an average person spends a year getting into a Titan, it's your first major cap battle. You jump in and you fucking face Pam straight into the NC dot Titan fleet. And yeah. you just die. Yeah. I mean yeah, I mean it's not it's not even based off numbers too as well like for example when we only have 30 titans like two of them just bumped like straight into them as well and they were just dead because we obviously can't save them right and it's yeah. not based off numbers it's just luck of the draw but that goes back to alliance income too 
then they hope then an alliance that can then say okay already replaced so it's not about replacing it though like it's a big I know game. I know I know but at least it's gonna be like okay I'm dying here and I just got unlucky and it's gonna you be a, a shit right? yeah I'm gonna it's gonna be a shit story told by my court mates for like like a year straight like how we jumped in and I just died look first at, um, look at also yeah. that fight that you had with um in it recently uh high where I guess you jumped in your dreads and they didn't bump and then we jumped in our dreads and they all bumped exactly yeah that's what I'm saying yeah, yeah. literally just luck of the draw I mean the people who died in X47 were lucky anyways because they didn't have to asset their toad and then we all winners yeah did you have any bumps when we had that dread fight chance I've no idea. I was too busy calling targets, and then suddenly it's like thirty seconds to cluster shutdowns. Like, what? <laughs> there's <laughs> always there's <laughs> always uh, bumps. Like when you like drop dreads, regardless. Like when we dread bomb, we always have like ten or fifteen just bump. You can't control it. All right. So the prediction for the one before was the spread out kind of thing. So then that's the last legit one, I would say. And it's simply like a business space, it looks like. I'm not sure, you know, what to make of it. Something with a business space. Anyone got any wild guess? Any insider info, drunken info from Kenda? No, sorry. I, I mean, what I want it to be is um, instanced PvP. I think ah, there I'm is. Not sure if I want uh, that. I don't want it. No, there, there is a big thing in the game. Like, just imagine you've got 15 minutes to play. Isn't that, you isn't that a bizzle PvP, though? You have the 3v3. Yeah, the problem with that is it locks behind PvE, so there's a huge, like, oh, I've got to go through this dumb fucking PvE thing to get to the people. What I'm saying is you pop a flare, it spawns you in an arena, you in another frig or whatever class it is, and off you go, go at it. Because so, if you've only got, like, 15 to 20 minutes, it's pretty good. Yeah, you know what? I'm not sure. Like, I don't want to... I'm not a fan of the idea at first. Well, I'd rather... I do see... Sorry. I do see the possibility of it being done right and it not hurting the game. And then you might be completely right and it's going to be great. But, like, I'd be very, very careful with that. Like, very careful. that You can really fuck it up there. And... You know, knowing CCP, they might just find a way to really get it wrong. You know, so I hope it's not, because that's a risk. I think that it's such a risk to even say P uh, instance PvP. It's not I worth think, taking I at this point. I, I, I don't. I won't agree because if you're a new player, how do you like really learn, right? I'd at say a new player. So wait a second. At, for new players, that's exactly what I suggested, like a while back. I, ex I suggested uh, yeah. an extended yeah, new player experience as a new player, but yeah. it shouldn't be your. It shouldn't be someone's end gameplay. That's not what I feel like Eve should be as a new player to give people an idea. Okay, this is what a what what a fight looks like. I like okay. it there, and then so connect them be, even together and so make it two v two. You'll have to have a fleet of fifty people. You form up a fleet. You pop a shard. It takes your entire fleet into an arena, and you pop a shard, panda with your fleet, and we go out and sort and fight head off. <sighs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, the please. The big thing about Eve has always been that when you die, it costs you something. And like, yeah, you can run around in a T1 frigate and lose basically nothing. But like, if you bring in instant, instanced PvP, and please don't mention fucking instant fleet. PvP. It just <laughs> takes away from 
Well, I mean, it takes away from the feeling of loss in the game, which I think is a big part of EVE. However, okay. it's very hard to, like you said, it's very hard to have 20 minutes log in and then just float around yeah. space for 20 minutes because there's no one to shoot. And the yeah. other thing is, you know, like, I think, like, if you, you know, you ruin faction warfare space, I, I always think of faction warfare space, like, as as close to instance PvP as I can. And, you know, if you're a, kind of a newer player or you're on your own, you often get blobbed, don't you? Like, it's, it's sometimes you get 1v1 fights, sometimes you don't, but these would guarantee that you would get a quick 1v1 fight, basically. But it, it is kind of immersion-breaking with the sandbox. I do agree on that. You know, that makes me kind of, like, think about when I started the game, I like lived in faction warfare space in like a certain area, and like that area now is completely dead. And it was Galente faction warfare space, and like I'd rather they just fix faction warfare, and make it more alive again, like it used to be. Like I used to get loads of one v one fights, or like one v two or one v three, where it was in blob fights. You know, I'd get blob sometimes, but I'd have so many fights even in that small area just because it was more busy because you know faction warfare was better. You know, I'd rather that than instance PvP. Faction warfare is actually still a thing, though. What was that, fans? RVB. Are RVB still a thing? Yeah, but they're more like they'll just do 10-man kitchen sink fleets and just roam around. Oh, okay. And also, Faction Warfare is actually where I first did like real PvP, like where I started out. When Faction Warfare, uh, Warfare was first introduced, I started PvP. So I can totally like agree. But back then it was chaos. You know, if you formed the fleet, FC, if he even had any requests, he would just say, okay, you need to hit up to this range. Oops. And be armor tanked or something. Yeah, but that's it. So it's like complete chaos, and you could just bring one. I know, (laughs) but you can't do it anymore. There's too many organized groups that would just farm you all day, and that's what happened over time. Yeah, we built that. I remember there was a presentation. Uh, Like we, we as players built the whole doctrine thing, didn't we? Like, and apparently V invented combat probing as well. So no one had ever thought to use combat probes to warp on a hostile fleet, and V came up with it. It was the first to do it. That's like, and I can't even imagine FCing without combat probes these days. Do you, uh, fuck, I had a really good point and I lost it. What were we talking about a few seconds ago? Uh, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the Frogger fleets we used to do? They were like a mixed match. I mean, kind yeah. of, sure, it was kind of a doctrine, but it wasn't like everybody fly a badens. You know, it was a mixed match of a bunch mm. of different battleships, and that worked. Like, well, that that's worked what... against um, configs. But yeah, but that's also like what's Blizzard's thing? Kandiros, um, you know, that's so that's a mix of ships too to give people a little bit more of an option so they enjoy it a little bit more. It's like more like a fun approach to it, you know, so people can bring like Draco bags or like some AHEC or whatever, like an Ashimo. Right? So yeah, but that's totally fun based at the moment. Like if you bring something like this, you're not serious about the fight. Mm. But yeah, maybe, I don't know. Mindset back then, when we did those type of fleets, it was a lot different as well. Like, people just didn't give a shit and would fight for the sake of fighting. Like, the objective could have been lost for hours or, or won or whatever, depending on what side you was on, and people would still be fighting in system just because well, they like fighting. There's, yeah, but Eva's also changed. Like, back then, when you fought on a... When you fought, it was on a single grid. Like, you didn't have to worry about running your fleet ragged trying to pick up Intosis bullshit. Like, you sat on the IHUB grid and you brawled. And if the IHUB died, well, you were already in the brawl. So you might as well keep going. Yeah. Also, you have to remember player mentality massive. Well, yeah. as Kendall said, like, people just... It was the natural progression of the game to just kind of go towards what um, Serenity was with just a big blue donut. 
I mean, I'm just as, when I say this, I'm just as bad as every other kind of FC out there. But like, people are so risk averse these days, and there's never been more isk in this game. But people are so risk averse, it's unreal. It's also like. It's uh, not about the isk, though. Well, like now they care, for example, and the chat just said really high, you want to know what happened to Losek? Did he just say that in LMA? Or like, uh, I'm talking more about faction warfare, like plex and stuff that's not where snuff you know killed those like my friend and you say that but there's always going to be uh, a space to fill and that already has been filled by whatever blobs like so, in mimitalos like there's new blobs and everything like the, the, just the way the game is you can't just you know put it down to one big entity it's just based on the game balances at the end of the day in player mentality but about what kenner just said um it is not about the ISK though for most people. I think most people are afraid of uh, like looking like idiots losing Titans and shit. It, it's, I don't think at this point it's about the Yeah, ISC. we communicate also, yeah, yeah, we communicate Thanks for the massive host, Jabby. Thanks a lot. Reddit is very toxic, uh, especially for FCs is what I witnessed in like the last like, uh, you know, it's very like imagine you're like a new fc and you're on like horde or something like that or like let's say test and like you well for fleet you know fair enough you well the fleet you learn something but then like you just go on reddit and just get trash talked yeah you know, guys and even like other people it's just really toxic yeah. you know it's not a, even like the leadership as well certain alliances will just be like all right you can't do that anymore it's like not a nurturing environment like you need space to learn like i needed space to learn so did tao like we well so much in the initial days the, I don't uh, think there's a single FC around who didn't whelp at some stage or who doesn't whelp at some stage. I like think you need to whelp every now and then. I mean, yeah, you yeah, you do, hundred percent. God, I used to feed like crazy, like, and oh, I still do from time to time. And it's like you're always learning. You, you only ever become, I think, a trashy FC if you think you know it all and you refuse to learn. If you constantly always think I can improve, I can do better, and you say you send that task, then I think you you're actually like a, a semi good FC and you you're going to go places. But if you think, oh, I know it all, there's no way, you know, I need to be, I need to have a debrief after the fleet and talk about what we did wrong, or someone needs to talk to me and tell me what I did wrong, etc. Then yeah, you're never going to learn. Uh. So I would say that's actually the number one quality for an FC to be self-critical, right? So as soon as he finishes the fleet, he's not going to point the finger and goes back and analyzes and says like, yeah. oh, I actually fucked up here and I should have done this. And, um, you know, do you not think not though, it's be too of, hard. But, hmm? it's, it's kind of dangerous to have that mentality at the very start because a lot of people... Like being self-critical and, and, and revising what you've done and stuff is fine. But if you don't understand the intricacies of certain things, then it can be very dangerous to beat yourself up too much because maybe you're mm. looking in the wrong places and stuff. Do you know what I mean? So I would always think, I for me personally, it would be the other way around because if you can point out what you did wrong, then you know you can do it better next time. So if you now say, oh shit, like I did everything perfect and I'm the greatest ever, but the result is still shit, then it must be way harder, right? I mean, then are you well, going to go motivated into the next day and say like, all right, we're going to form the same thing again. We try it again, but this time we expect a different result. That's, that's fucking insane. Sorry. So what I mean is, uh, what I mean is not like, absolutely. You have to be able to recognize that, but like there's a lot, like Eve is a complex game and FCing in itself can be like a hundred times more complex because I mean, just 
proven by the fact that a lot of people, like the majority of people in EVE don't FC. So there might be these little things that an FC won't notice. And do you not think they'll beat themselves up over the wrong things? Maybe, oh, should I warp to zero? But, you know, warping to zero might not have been the wrong decision. It was just that he didn't burn away or he didn't get on them quick enough. Like they might not recognize certain things like that. So, That's um, funny you say that, because uh, when I was starting to FC, uh, I remember I took this Caracol fleet once to Geminate. This is going back when XIX owned it, and they formed, and I got trashed by them. And I said to the experienced FC that was with me afterwards, I said, what did I do wrong? And he said, you, you just sat still and you didn't kite. And I didn't. But then after that, I was always like making sure that I was kiting in the Caracols and staying away from the mirrors and so on. So um, I used to record every fleet as well and watch it back afterwards. You know, uh Someone actually approached me uh, before Eve London and he asked me, hey, what about like I give you some footage and stuff and we go, go over this stuff. So I might actually do another series here, like not FC chat, but something like uh, FC analytics. Yeah, analytics. I don't want to call it coaching because I don't think I'm actually the, that great of an FC in like most doctrines. Like I'm very specialized. Right? It's just how it is. Special lesson something that's not existing anymore. But I think uh, that's the quality as well. I don't to think you specialize. To be specialized? No, to I be think... humble. Oh, all right. Because well. you are a good FC panda. You just don't know it. You, but basically, like, you, you draw on years of experience. And that's another thing people have to realize. Like, you don't become a good FC overnight. You become a good FC, I would suppose, by being constantly active and having a wide range of experience to draw from. Oh, I, I did this before and fed, so I won't make that mistake again. And it just goes on and on and on and on from that, basically. I'm seeing these days is just, as you said, just more ego-based because, like, people literally just care about, you know, having their super keys and dropping their supers. But, like, dropping supers is not hard at all and it's not engaging in any way. Like, it's not hey, challenging. Take that back. <laughs> well, you know what? So we could talk about, like, I agree, once you're on field, the technical FCing of supers and titans is very easy. The hard part is the judging of the situation. So you have to have a way, 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 way better understanding of who is where and what could possibly happen, la, la, la. So you have to be very aware of what's going on. So it, I think it yeah, goes other FC skills go into that. Hmm? You have that with subcaps to an extent. It's the same thing, just on a bigger level in supers, right? But, subcaps uh, are still... Sub-caps thing is, though, not if you fuck up and you lose a subcap fleet, then right, people will have lost exactly. a day or two of ratting. If you fuck up and you lose a Titan fleet, that's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. For some people, that might be years of effort. Yeah. I know. I'm not saying that you know people don't just give like super keys willy nilly. I'm saying that it's not. It's not like FCing supers is a harder thing. It's uh, you know people just do it more for the ego. That's what they want. You know. FCing subcaps honestly is more reward. I don't think it's for the ego. Like I prefer FCing caps, and yeah, I, I like I get a kick out of you know that part of it. But it's also like a lot of people who FC supers and stuff will have been playing the game for years. I mean, I've played since two thousand and four. Like a lot of way, like all the way through that, I've done subcap FCing. I've done all the roaming stuff. You know, I've done it for years and years and years. And now, what's fun is the cap stuff because. It's it's more towards the end game than anything else, and like I, I wouldn't agree that it's all for the ego. I guess for some people it would be like if you only log in to field your titan, then yeah, sure. But um, I think well, it's it's just it's fun for a lot of people as well, right? Because they so get to use their titan. 
Endgame, I always thought, so some, I think there's a little bit of a difference in our understanding. So you always think it's cap stuff in general, and I always think killing the caps is always the endgame. If you kill them with like 10 shuttles, yeah. I'm fine with that, that's endgame. If you kill a titan with 10 shuttles, that's endgame shit. If like you kill dropping, 10 shuttles with a titan though, that doesn't feel like endgame like at all. 10 capitals on like, and, and like a battleship is, you know, you know, that's not amazing for me. Like a full escalation where you go sub caps to caps to titans, that's, that's I mean, like... Yeah. yeah, okay, I mean, if, if somebody wants to be a super FC and just drop titans on some... That's what I'm saying, man. I'm literally just saying people in, like, you know, the Norsec FCs, like, they just get, they don't really actively do anything anymore. They're just like, all right, there's, like, a 10-man fleet tackled one of our carriers. Everyone log in Titans. Let's go. Just drop on them. We're done. A nice little escalation. We had a shines. That was was the perfect example of a subcap to Dreadbro. I mean, like, what you were like, the F7C fight at the start, like, when, when you mentioned at the start, that was, like, one of the most perfect escalation chains I've ever seen or been part of because yeah. it went from subs to more subs to a few dreads uh, to carriers to a few more carriers to a few dreads to some more dreads to titans to a lot of titans. And then one side had to exit because they couldn't contest the titans. But it was, like, yeah. a proper FC into capital and both fleets complemented each other like those are the kind of fights that you really want in eve right they already happen these days the last one we had was O one y and that's probably one of the last of many well the last of sorry the last of oh yeah that's right kendo you tried to headshot me on that fucking fight that's why i dropped the dreads actually <laughs> no fuck off the dreads were already in we were <laughs> no. sure. kendo, are you we headshotting were, people we we were yeah i guess so but we were logging back in we were logged back that's in right. you logged all your dreads in and then i was like just try and headshot shines make him go away wow because i wanted I, you to go no. away i had enough on with the, the raven fleet i was fighting dude what concerns me more is how captain ashen knew that <laughs> <laughs> caps um i don't know if you know this but caps alliance is flying with us you know that right uh yeah i would mentioned yeah, I'd heard yeah. mention right I mean, like that. I think that in Eve is another problem: headshotting. Yeah, but people just monitors now. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, no one can moan about headshotting if you're not in a monitor. Fly a fucking monitor and don't come at me saying they're a monitor. trash ship. It's the best ship in the game. It can't be jammed. It allows you to lock any ship on grid from any it, distance. To be I don't fair, have 200 Shines. million SP so I can fly a fucking monitor. You know, I, if I, he's I, uh, headshotting you, then dropping supers is completely un- sorry capitals. It's fine. I love being invincible, basically, in it, but I kind of still hate flying it. It still flies so shit. Travel speed sucks, and the, you know, yeah. the fact that you can't use any drugs in your cargo. Or well, like... The thing with your, your Stuka fleece as well when you used to do them was, like, everyone knew if Pandora shows up... Kenda, you're missing a big fight. Holy shit. Oh, there was a big fight in RQH. Oh, that was ages ago. One of uh, our allies had a little brawl with FXR and... Times. What about the Stukas? Like, I'm gonna be in a harpy. That's what you're trying to say. Or... Yeah. So, like, like you know, the thing with you was like, if you if everyone knew that would would be fighting you, if Pando shows up in Stukas and he's not in a monitor, like just headshot Pando and that. Fle- the worst part of the when the, do you remember when you started doing Stukas and me and Bliss would be quite active on them. Every time we landed on grid, it, fucking Bliss would get headshot and then I'd get headshot and then they'd start killing bombers. You mean snatch? Oh, was it Snatch? Sorry. Okay. Yeah, back in the day, and we were always spinning it, and nobody knew I was actually FC in the Snatch fleets all the time. And then, Who did we say it was? 
uh, soul master because he had the so most awesome. kills in a in a in a magus actually had more than me because he was ecm bursting and shit so yeah we were always saying like soul master best fc and stuff like this yeah i remember and then when other like i remember like at least two fcs reaching out to me to like hey i've seen the the snatch fleet stuff you guys are doing like would you mind to explain and i would always go like i don't know what you're talking about i'm not even fc and like uh or when you talk about snatch stuff it's all soul master <laughs> And then, yeah, he would get headshot at some point, but only, like, I think he got headshot, like, twice. And then they realized, hmm, that guy's actually not the FC, because, you know, obviously, snatched. the anchor is way easier to spot, too. So, yeah, I think everyone headshots at one point. I know, like, if we're defending something and NC dot we shows do. up, just cons, we just try and headshot them, because... Headshot is a strategic thing, as Kendar said. If you find yeah. a lot of people, you want to force a fleet off. That is the best way to force a fleet off. You have that. That was exactly the situation. I was justified. I've done it as well to try, and uh, they weren't happy about that. But at the same time, they warped to like forty on my nightmares, and I was just like, "Okay, this is weird. I'm just going to shoot their FC so they go away." And they did. We shot Ghost. We shot the other FC, and they left. Actually, Dunk Dinkle says, please don't headshot Lodgy Anchors. I hate primering Lodgies. I really don't like it because no matter what alliance you're in, if you're flying a Lodgy, you're that one selfless person who kind of tries to keep everyone else alive, or you're a spy, one or the other. But it always feels, I don't know, it always feels shit to shoot Lodgies. You know what? I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about it too much. Most of the time, I feel like if we kill more damage than they do, like, quickly... Then, like you know, in a lot of cases, I always feel like uh, that's how you get the, the the fight under your control more. But you like, uh, you know, who loves killing Logi? It's Bliss. Bliss. Like <laughs> Bliss loves it. That's his first thing. He's like, oh, there's like, oh, there's like 500 dudes and there's two Logies. Let's kill those Logies just to make yeah. sure, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, cool. Uh, that was a fight against Darkness where we were like towers are seeing and I was relaying, and he literally just kept saying, "Kill the Bassy for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. I remember that one Loki fight not too long long ago. We were fighting. Actually, we were fighting together. Hi. And... That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the one. And uh, like I was target calling. Shines, you were. Were you anchoring? You were doing something else, and Bliss was. I don't know, doing something else. But I was clearly target calling, and he didn't like my target calling because I went, I went for damage, even though there was lodges in range. <laughs> And he just lost his mind and just but took it, over, which like he usually doesn't do, obviously. He trusts me with stuff, but I was just shaking crazy. my head sitting here. And then he's like, Oh yeah, Pandor, sorry, you wanna take over again? And I'm like, oh, it's all good dude. But yeah. He hates logis, I don't know. But it's interesting. I mean hostile like different FC styles as well, right? Yeah, yeah. It's also gauging the field though. Like for example, when you used to fight Shadow Cartel and then have like forty guardians for like fifty max, of course you have to uh, I need to run for a few mm-hmm. minutes. Guys, you told me um, you guys don't have that much time, and we are approaching the two-hour mark. So uh, I always feel like a dick <laughs> making you guys stay here for so long, but I enjoyed it very much. So um, I think we, ju- we should just, you know, uh, cut it right here then. Um, we didn't talk about the last one, but that's obviously a troll, right? Because someone pointed it out. There you go. That's the last one that was on those on those slides. Obviously a troll in my eyes, but hey, whatever. Like, obviously they didn't put too much effort into hiding what it is. That Titan Muta Plus Mint. Or do you think, like, what's the possibility? Like, just give me a, a, a percentage change, a percentage 
chance uh, of, you know, how high is the chance that we get a Titan Mutaplus mid? Oh, I wish, because the bridge range. You know, you could say, depending on what they do, there's a lot of brick Titans, so you get some Titans out of the game. Maybe you, you do, like, our armor hit points minus 50% or plus 5%, and people will still do it. You know it. Right, so they should add they should add RNG to more things in the game. Like ah, uh, you know, you might not be able to tether up or if you dock you die. <laughs> you might not be able to tether up. Oh, that's a that's a little bit crazy, I think. But yeah. I think um I think they're they're gonna adjust the, the tethering thing in a way with the low power solution. I think still slow power it's not gonna have. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll see. Indeed. Alright then. Let's cut it uh, right here then. Um, thanks for uh, you know joining me here. Thanks for showing up. Uh, I had a good time as always talking to you guys. I had a great time in London too, and I wish we had more time. Uh, I th I thought at the end that the, the music was just so fucking loud. That was horrible. Yeah, everyone was shouting at each other, but then again, everyone was like, "Nah, might as well not talk at all." We should have just gone to another place. I felt like. Just like at a like a little bit more quiet bar, and then sit down. But yeah. Also uh, the pictures. Do you remember the pictures that they had on the screen? Like the random gate. Yeah. It was like they had like animations that were supposed to be like Eve things, and then there were like things that really didn't look like Eve. Hmm. Well, that was probably the slides from the, the DJ dude, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, thanks again for showing up. And also, thanks for everyone uh, for watching and subbing and doing all awesome shit here. Um, and then Jebby, thanks for the host in the middle. And I'm going to check who I can host. And yeah, see you guys on the next one. Oh, yeah, by, by the way, as you can see, the schedule is going to probably take more, um, more of a form again. So... Uh, be ready for some awesome shit. And you you were talking about checking disruptors, so there's something coming for that one. Uh, so guys, see you guys on those streams then.